Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. My guest today has been working in various sales verticals in his career and is currently the head of premium programs at Mindvalley. He's also a former international kickboxing athlete where he competed for over 20 years against some of the top world champions in his sport. He has always been passionate about positive psychology and personal development and is constantly looking for ways to help himself and others create mental models in order to optimize their own growth and develop the right mindset and habits. And in his current role, he focuses on working with some of the world's top performers in developing and creating courses covering a wide variety of industries to support the Mind Valley community and others in transforming their lives. During this episode, we discuss his journey as an international athlete. He shares with us the knowledge he gained from that experience and how that helped him in his professional career. And we talk about the importance of focusing on personal development in order to grow. His desire to constantly optimize and improve his life is something that I truly admire and really resonate with. His ability to be realistic and strategic in his planning in his life have been key factors in his success. And the last message he wanted to share is to dream big, always try, take bold action, and measure things in reality. Please welcome to the show, Mr. David Seishai. So uh, guys, for people who don't know, me and David actually connected through LinkedIn, and he's the head of programs at Mindvalley, which as many of you know by now, is a company that I'm, I absolutely love and I'm super passionate about. Uh, and David's really passionate about you know personal development and has a really interesting story of how he actually got to Mindvalley. So David, before we get into all the you know details about that, just give all of us a little bit of background about yourself, and we'll take it from there. Yeah. Hey, Khaled, I'm very glad to be here. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's a it's a quite a long story. I don't know how deep uh, you want me to go into uh, uh, my story. Um, but but very shortly, uh, I'm just started my fifth year with uh, Mindvalley. Um, and since October, uh, I've been the head of premium programs. So this includes all the, the coaching programs and uh, everything besides the Mindvalley membership and Mindvalley uh, uh, quest programs, all above that. Um, Previous years, I've been working mostly in uh, business development, doing sales, uh, along with Jason Campbell, your your previous guests. Yeah. Um, and I will, I've been also working with uh, with some of the Mind Valley brands like Livebook, and also with the Mind Valley events team. In in the first four years, it was exactly four years, and then I got promoted to uh, head of premium programs. Awesome. And I'm curious, how was that, that, how was that transition moving from, you know, the sales role that you had to into the premium programs now? Uh, I, I would say, and, and uh, again, I don't want to repeat Jason. He's the expert and he's writing his book about, um, you know, love and how to uh, sales and love correlate. And uh, yeah. so I think everyone is a salesperson in a way. Also, okay. uh, how we do uh, and how we used to do sales at Mindberry is a quite unique approach. Um, so I would say that being the head of premium programs, it hasn't changed much. It's just more like a, a strategic role. Um, but, you know, we are still having the same mission to, to it, it rather expanded. Before I was more in B2C to yeah. find uh, the students, you know, to match with the right programs. Now it, it, it changed a bit that I'm also um, working on how to find uh, new coaches to our program, for instance. Um, it also, I'm working more with Vision and the other exec team members on, on forming the strategy and uh, how to embed premium programs into Mindvalley. So yeah. it's, I would say that it's 60, 65% the same, but you know, it comes with more meetings, with more strategizing, and also um, it's, it's more, more work with the other stakeholders as well, not only with our students. Yeah, no, it's all that makes that makes a lot of sense. I think you made a good point that uh, everyone is a salesperson on some level. Um, so I've taken 
so many of the Mind Valley courses I took, uh, the Jose Silva, the Jim Quick, Keith Farazi. So I've taken many, many courses. So I was thinking, and I, what I really want to ask you about is, what does the process look like when you're adding a new course? In terms of like, what does that process look like? Do you start the year and you look at the courses that you have and you're like, okay, these are the kind of, or these are the learnings or new courses we, we want to add to Mind Valley, And then you go out and find the right coaches to come and create that program. Could you walk us through that process? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it's not 100% my uh, jurisdiction on, on, on the, how we find new authors, although I know. So of course I, I can tell you some, uh, and for the audience, some basic ideas, how we do it. Um, of course, I don't want to go too deep into the details. I could talk hours about this, but basically what happens is that we have a very unique approach if you, if you compare with any other uh, personal development sites. By the way, I'm, I'm using others as well. So I'm not saying that only Mindvalley is the, the one uh, site which I'm using for personal development, but I do for around 80% of, of my personal development is happening or used to happen there even before I had joined to the company. So basically uh, we have a unique approach. If you done the life book program, it has 12 categories. It's a, it's a very wide uh, from health and fitness to character, to quality of life, to parenting. Um, so, so what had been happening that Mind Valley before for almost like 12 to 13 years, we were mostly uh, offering spiritual uh, courses around spirituality. Um, and, uh, and, and all the related topics. And, uh, you know, uh, by the way, it's very much the same time when I joined to Mindvalley from uh, around 2015, 2016, we changed and we went into half and fitness. We went into personal development. That's when we had Robin Sharma, Sri Kumar Rao. Uh, that's when we started Wild Fit uh, with Eric Admits. That's when we started Life Book with John and Missy Butcher. So it, it really opened a new chapter for Mindvalley. Um, and, and obviously when life became such a success and, and it's kind of like the foundational program and, and, and what makes it unique compared to other personal development um, companies is that it has a more holistic approach um, and not only focusing on spirituality or, or wealth or, or influence, but really go deep into each five categories. So uh, basically this had been... Um, a strategy for us uh, yeah. to, to have courses for each 12 categories, even though some of those are, are very niche ones like love or, or parenting. So, so we are really proud that right now in, in 2021, we are covering each of the 12 categories. Um, and, and of course, um, something what it might not be a new step, but we usually work only with the, the top, top best authors. So uh, we have a team specifically managing this process uh, we have team members around the world and we have like very strict metrics about about you know evaluating different authors because we can't deny that there are many teachers who would like to be uh, working with us but of course uh, you know we have to make sure that it's it's the best author we have to make sure that they also have an audience we have to make sure that they have proven themselves you know, there are a lot of metrics. If you look at uh, TED Talks they did, if you look at their books which got published, and, um, and if you look at the current uh, teacher portfolio, we, we really are proud that, you know, 80% of the teachers are already uh, superstars in their niche. But what Mindbelly is also proud of is that we have certain teachers who we uh, built up, you know, uh, before they, they were operating in an extremely niche environment. So they had been amazing. 
but uh, they were not necessarily New York Times best-selling authors or didn't fill up uh, seminars of hundreds or thousands of people. At the same time, they, they, had, they had a niche market. We, we were really optimistic that it was going to grow and it did happen. And, and they grew along with Mind Valley. So I would say it's around 80-20, the, okay. the role. Um, that, that's, that's, that's a good estimation, plus minus 5%. Yeah, that's really interesting that there are certain, but it makes a lot of sense that there are certain metrics that potential, the potential trainers that you want to bring on the course have, you know, like audience, like proven track record, books, whatever it might be. But what's also cool is that even if they don't have that, but they're experts in their niche field, now with Mind Valley, you kind of give them a platform to expand to a much wider audience and to teach people, you know, whatever their, whatever their field of expertise is. So I think that's really interesting. Um, and you said that 80, you said uh, you use you use multiple sites, you know, for your personal development, which I think is good to have different perspectives from different organizations and so on. They said 80% of it was mainly focused on Mind Valley, which also makes a lot of sense. So I'm curious from the courses that you've done, which was your favorite and which did you feel had the biggest biggest impact on you from the ones that you've done at Mind Valley? Oh my God, you make a, it's like, you know, I, I have a very close relationship with the Mind Valley authors. I'm very lucky that many of them are actually friends. So it's a bit of a question, do you like mom or the dad more? <laughs> uh, so I have to, uh, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, answer this. Uh, obviously I have to disappoint you. I can't tell you only one course, um, sure. but uh, live book, definitely. Um, I did live book four months after I joined to Mind Valley. I, I also been lucky to do the live experience. Uh, I'm also very grateful to work with John and Missy Butcher. Um, they are one of the authors who I have a very good friendship with. So the, I visited them in Hawaii right before the lockdown started. So, so it's such a beautiful uh, experience, you know, that I had my last international trip to Hawaii to John and Missy. And, and, and last year, March, I've been already leading um, not the premium programs team, but, uh, but back then premium programs was uh, kind of like a startup project inside Mindvalley which worked out and I got promoted. So it was like a beta team, you know, um, kind of like um, um, so just starting out and let's see how it works and fortunately worked out. So I wasn't working with John and Missy back then. Of course, we did talk about business, but I was really blessed, you know, that they still invited me. I was in LA and they say, you should drop by Hawaii. And they didn't know that all this craziness was going to happen. So, so I definitely, my heart is, is with life. Um, and I also believe that that having life book is, um, is 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 like having a compass to life because you know I've been always my mother is a librarian so I was very blessed uh, to grow up there. My father is a coach, uh, a sports coach. So so I've been telling that I spent my childhood either in the library or in the gym. So I'm I'm very grateful for that. Um, so lack of learning had never been the issue for me because again this is something I got from home. But what Lifebook did is, is help me to organize uh, all of these knowledge and ideas and strategies. Exactly, mm -hmm. because I tend to, when, when I had my sport career or, or when I came to, uh, to Asia after my studies, you know, I, I had this trap that sometimes I was really focusing on only one or two things like, like sports or money or career. And definitely it had its uh, ramifications after some time. So, so Lifebook really balanced it out. And, and not to mention that the, the Lifebook offer, the Lifebook online offer that basically when people pay a $500 refund and if they finish, they can actually ask back their money. 
So, so it's if someone is willing to to uh, lend their five hundred dollars for six to eight weeks to Mind Valley, they can do it for free. Um, again, I don't want to use marketing gimmicks there that it's for free. Might be for transactions, it might be a few dollars. But if you look at the quality of that program and the impact, and it's such a strong program that it can have this premise that listen, if you complete and you want your money back, we give it back to you. So, so I think it's also proofs. But I have my own transformational story around it but again i don't want to leave out um if, if to mention some favorite courses i would definitely say the longevity blueprint from ben greenfield uh it helped me to transform as an athlete to uh, a hobby athlete so basically mm. why i love that program is because i used to work out 10 to 12 hours a week even after my sports career wow. um, and then what the longevity blueprint helped me is that i decreased it to one hour to uh to 90 minutes a week at the same time, my strength didn't decrease. Mm. Um, also, we had one of the biggest launches just starting today. The program is the 10x fitness, yeah, uh, by Mind Valley. So, something which had been working on in the last four years. And I have, I was, I was guinea pig number one or number two, I, I don't remember, but but I, I was one of the first ones. It's also a truly transformational program. And let's go away from half and fitness. I would say the habit of ferocity from mm. Stephen Kotler to get the right mindset is, is, is definitely very strong. Um, so around spirituality, I love the content of Jeffrey Allen, uh, duality or unlocking transcendence. This is something I have been doing lately. And for last, of course, I can't leave out Keith Ferrazzi on, 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 on authentic networking and, and leadership. He's stunning. Like, like he's the author when, you know, when we sign authors, obviously I know them already. Um, yeah. Because even I read their books, but I, I can't deny that Keith Ferrazzi was the guy who I have been the most excited about. So even when I heard that that we were having discussions to sign him, I was telling to wish him, please sign him, sign him, sign him, just sign him because because he is amazing. And and then I had this beautiful experience uh, going to uh, um, to AFEST, uh, AFEST Portugal in 2019. This was the last AFEST. We could we could uh, host and uh, it was about uh, sp spreading your influence and your impact and who was one of the keynote speakers Keith Ferrazzi and you know we had the social evening so we had the um, the, the before the conference started we had a, a party which was about to know people and what was really amazing to see him in action you know because he's about authentic networking and connecting and I had the chance to see him for a few minutes I went to introduce myself. So it was really beautiful, you know, to have a really deep learning experience. So, so I would say when I, I say which is my favorite Mind Valley course is obviously the ones where I had the deep experience, deep learning experience, and also uh, a, a good um, a good relationship or or good life learning opportunities with the teacher herself or himself. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I agree that. So I haven't done the Lifebook course, but I've taken a look at it and it makes a listening to your story about how it just helps give you a compass because it really d dives deep into the 12 key things that make up, I guess, a holistic, you know, a holistic life. So it makes a lot of sense how it helps give you structure to that. But also on your point, Keith Ferrazzi's program, I've done a lot of the programs, but that one just blew my mind. It gave me just a whole new perspective on networking and things like the rap and how to, you know, 
the generosity things and all that kind of stuff, stuff I never even thought about because sometimes I think people have a negative perception of networking. I was like, oh, it's just give to like get back. But it gave me a whole new mindset about that. And the fact that he was speaking at that event, which is spreading influence, I think it makes perfect sense because he's the king when it comes to that. Um, I wanted to come back. So I know, David, you're you're very passionate about personal development and growth. Uh, so I want to dive into li- that a little bit more. Uh, I know from a young age, you were into kickboxing and you were fighting for over 20 years and you traveled to Japan to, you know, have that experience. Um, and I know I can imagine when you're fighting in competition, that is you have to be at almost 200 percent. You know, you ha- you don't have a ta- each second matters. Each, you know, a move like that it could change everything. And I wanted to ask you from all your years of fighting, what is the biggest lesson you learned? And then I have a follow up question after that, which I'm curious to hear. Who? It's even more difficult than asking <laughs> the question about uh, more challenging than the, the question you asked about the favorite author. There, there were there were multiple ones, but definitely um, focusing is is number one. It's 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 okay. I, again, I don't want to from cliches or or you know. I just wrote an article about Bruce Lee, and and of course I could bring many from him, but. But it's really about respect and focus. I would say that this is the two most important because if you look at kickboxing, um, I have most of my fights in full contact rules. Um, it's it's a tough game. Uh, again, I don't want to dramatize it, but but it is definitely. And it's not necessarily, many people think that it's because of the punches and the kicks. But for instance, what many people don't know that it's it's extremely exhausting. Yeah. Um, so so it's 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 like I, I always tell to someone that just go and get a boxing glove or ask it from someone and punch a bag without stopping for one minute and even athletes who have been doing other sports they are out and then I say you see how tiring but this the, the bag is not kicking back yeah. that's not punching back because that and also you know when you fight it's 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 and that's when when i when i learned a lot about evolution also in in leuven i i had the chance you know um and actually i did a very interesting research um i'm, I'm very proud proud to have my countryman mihai chick sent mihai who is the writer of flow um and i had an amazing professor called uh, professor andreas hey uh, he was a german hungarian um evolutionary psychologist also a professor from leuven but he came to teach in my home university. He had a huge influence on me to go to Leuven, who grew up in Africa. His, his father emigrated from Hungary after the 1956 revolution. Um, and, and he had this extremely unique opportunity to grow up in Africa as a German-Hungarian um, boy. Um, and that's when he started to be interested in evolutionary psychology and all the stories and theories I, I learned from him I, I, my mind was just like, I didn't want to believe it was so eye opening. And I did a research with him um, and, and he supported that research about the, the connection of flow and fighting. Uh, because many psychologists think that, you know, the good, the people in martial, not martial arts, in fighting sports, like boxing, kickboxing, MMA, um, you know, their motivation is bad childhood experiences. You know, they actually want to beat up their father. And, and you know, like, like all kinds of theories. And, and what I wanted to prove that that might be true, but in a certain extent, but this is only the minority. And actually fighting is one of the flow triggers because if we, one of the main flow triggers, because if you look at the nine points of, nine requirements of flow, 
all of them is there when you are fighting. And not to mention that if you think back in the process of evolution, we know that activities which are rewarded, reward, which are, the activities are rewarding for us, which were supporting us in our survival. Now, fighting was part of everyday life. If, if you look back uh, to the Greek, to the, it's been always around. Look at the most famous athletes. They are all fighters. And, you know, uh, there is one theory saying, yeah, because we are very violent creatures and, and, you know, we like to watch as other people beating each other up, et cetera, et cetera. And I wanted to prove that, yeah, it might be the 10% of the cases, but more about fighting is a flow trigger. And, mm. and you have this extreme dopamine rush after a fight, but it has its ambiguity because it's also extremely difficult, uh, very challenging, it is painful. And, and really, you don't feel the punches and the kicks because of the level of adrenaline, but it's so tiring and, you know, the light is on you and people are watching it and, and you always, your ego is, is also there. You know, what if I get knocked out? What if they record it and everybody will see it, etc. So, so probably that was the biggest lesson uh, mm. to learn, you know, that you have to trust yourself, you need to focus, and at the same time, you need to respect your opponent. Um, yeah. So, so it's, 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 a, it's something what what Bruce Lee had talked a lot about as well, how to balance out uh, ag aggression, focus, and respect, because you do need it. You, you need to be aggressive, but you also have to be intelligent. So mm. um, it definitely gave me an, op uh, an opportunity to, 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 to learn uh, about these ambiguous uh, situations in, in life, because you know our mind is only can focus on one thing. We say fighting, oh, that must be brutal. That must be, um, you know, like just crazy. Like, how could mm. people do that? But at the same time, if you compare with other sports, like look at Formula One, for instance, people watch it because they want to see. I'm very, it might be sound nasty what I'm saying, but they want to see because, you know, it's dangerous. Um, yeah. So, so or, or if you look at American football or even European football, it's crazy how many injuries are there. And, and we have very less in kickboxing because. You know, you, you, it's like when you learn uh, climbing a mountain, you, there are very strict rules you have to apply, otherwise you are going to die. So, so our coaches made sure, you know, that because we were fighting, we were using our full power, that there were many rules we had to follow. And these, yeah. these rules were uh, non-negotiable. Meanwhile, at other sports, which are not directly that violent, um, you know, it, things can turn around and, and you know, a move which is not well calculated can cause extreme damages. Um, again, even in soccer, it can happen. Look at the terrible injuries they, they, they suffer from. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I can, again, talk a lot about, but in short, uh, definitely uh, focus, uh, respect, and, and, and giving your best is, is the three main lessons. Yeah, and I think those are such important lessons to learn because those apply to, you know, every can be applicable to everywhere in your life, you know, from personal relationships to business and so on. And you know that famous saying, because I'm sure for your competitions, you trained, you practiced, you studied, you know, how you envisioned how the fight's going to go. But you know that famous saying, uh, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face and then everything goes out the window. So in your experience, when you because I'm sure in any career, you're going to get hit, you're going to get hit at some point when you did. How do you start like? how do you like kind of reset and like be like okay wow okay we gotta gotta get back in this and like you know refocus yeah it's it's more i mean you have to be very grounded of course it's very easy to say 
uh, but mm. when you are there, um, and and you know this is again, uh, I would say that this uh, ambiguity is there not just for fighting but in life, and it's a very good example to bring up life book, and probably one of the most famous quotes ever, and I just I just love it so much. I I think it's like true all the time. You can't really say it's that no one ever won a war with a plan. And no one ever won one without it either. So, Ooh. so, so, so it, it's so true. It's so true. It's, it's, I really like, you know, if you look at the yin and yang approach as well, um, that yes, you are right. You, you have a plan until you get smashed in the face. At the same time, you are fighting and, and athletes. And I really like to say this comparison. And even when I'm coaching my own team, is that many people say, oh, you know, you cannot plan anything in this world and look at COVID. Planning, proper planning and having a life book saved my career because right before COVID, I was in event sales. So I would really say that the big mistake what people make with, with, for instance, with planning or strategy, and it's very applicable to fighting, that when you do that, you, you don't write the future. Many people think that planning is writing the future, but that's crazy. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? or even a fight. And just like, you know, again, kickboxing, boxing, you can be ahead for 10 rounds, you get one punch, it's over. I think that's another reason why people love it so much. Because you can never look away. If you watch soccer, some a team is 5-0 ahead, you have five minutes back, it's 99.9% .9 that that's over. But in, in fighting, it just never happens. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is that it's rather having a vision, and I did have a vision for myself out of event sales, so, so when all of these things happened after days and we had to cancel our events and I had to talk with Vision about what's next, I had a planner and I had the chance to make this plan while my head was clear and, and not all the stressors were on me. Now, this is the same about fighting. If people are watching, the lights are on you. There is an extreme stress. If you don't prepare, for 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 a scenario that if you get punched seriously go down what to do then you are going to make the most likely the wrong decision now again that's also a bit tricky because we all know because of flow or or or, or extreme dangerous situations that it might happen that you are not freezing but actually you became extremely creative and and you just find a way out it did happen but again you cannot really count on this i i had even when i was in an international level I just noticed that whenever I, I let my focus go a bit or I didn't take the planning process that seriously, I, I made so childish mistakes. I was so ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. So that's, I'm very lucky and blessed to, to learn this in my teenager years. So, so that's also part of a good coach. We, we always know, you know, there are tricks. Also, we, we can't deny there are certain tricks which are a bit legal or, or let me say someone got drops down you know, we all know that if you if your mouthpiece is leaving your mouth, you know, uh, they have to wash it. So, so for instance, you know that you don't ha you have more than ten seconds. Obviously, you can only do it once. If you do it a second time, they deduct a point from you. Or, you know, if someone gets punched and and there are only a few seconds left from the run, then you go back. Then the trainer knows that they put more water on you and they don't dry you up. So you stand up, you go back to fight, and then the judge will send you back. You can also play it once. And you know, this is easy to say, this trick, but if you are, it's not in your mind, it's not in your mind, or you don't have it written down, or you're not prepared, in a stress situation, you might just forget. 
your ego takes over and like, shit, I got dropped. I mean, like, I just stand up, I'm going to show it. And immediately you have to get grounded and you have to adjust. Yeah. And, uh, and, and again, this, this, is, this is a lot of practice. So uh, definitely yeah. you need long, long years. But I think these principles are also very applicable in business. And, and I can say that, um, that part of the planning, I got promoted twice uh, last year in Mind Valley, And not to say to brag, it was mostly not because I'm so amazing. It's because I did proper planning. Mm. And I, I, I also, let, let me tell you a personal development experience outside of Mind Valley, which was Vipassana. Um, and it was a perfect timing, the 10 day silent meditation. Um, I did it right, uh, I did it 29th January, almost a year ago till the 10th of February. Um, as I was meditating for 10 days, not talking with anyone. Um, it was right before my trip. A week later, I was in Las Vegas. Uh, that was an interesting contrast. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but, but definitely I had the space and, and again, 2020 had proved me that planning and strategizing and doing it in a smart way. And live book is a great tool is essential. Yeah. And 2020 proved it to me, not the years when nothing like COVID happened and I reached my goals. That's not a big deal, but, but when you have this mindset, you have the tools and it's written down and you can adopt very quick. Now that's the real deal. So that's why I say the life book process works. And again, it worked in 2018, it worked in 2019, but it worked the best in 2020. Because again, I really want to emphasize planning and strategizing is not about writing your future. It's, it's writing your future self, who would, what would that self do if something is, is not going according to the plan or you create the circumstances. Now again, COVID-19 is, is a global, has a global impact, which nothing like our generation, even our parents' generation has ever seen. But still, okay, I also can't deny I'm very blessed with mind belly. So I, I can't say to everyone that this was going to happen 100% of the time, but I'm also very confident uh, because I, I tried it in many different environments and, and circumstances, and I did definitely pass the test. And I also know that there's also way, way, way learn way more to learn and 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 work some i'm 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 every day optimizing for sure yeah i think you made a very good point about strategy and planning is not about writing your future it's about you're having your vision for what you want to achieve or like where you want to be and having the plan is what you fall back on like you said in your case with 2020 and when everything around the world you know went crazy that you come back to a proper plan that you've taken the time to like plan like strategize and write out so you don't lose your way you don't lose okay something has happened but okay we have the plan now so we kind of have a direction on where to go we don't know if the outcome will be exactly that but at least we have a direction of where we want to go so i think that's really useful and really really like really important especially in bit like you learned it from your fighting experience and how it translates into business so it's very similar as well and i know so this is something i was thinking about because i know so like you said, when you were younger, your mother was a librarian and your father was a coach. And I know from uh, listening to the podcast, how you said in Hungary, there's a lot of Olympic athletes around you. So you were in an environment that, you know, you always wanted to strive for 100 percent and be the best. So you had that environment around you and that kind of gave you the motivation to, you know, do the work that you need to do. But the question I have, David, is that environment helped cultivate your mindset of like growth and personal development and always striving for the best because it was all around you. 
what advice do you have or how does someone who hasn't had that environment or doesn't have that environment around them start shifting their mindset of one to personal growth and development and aiming for the best? Yeah, definitely. Again, I can't claim everything to my environment because obviously yeah. I might be some certain things done about genetics um, or, or, or in general. I'm very fascinated and interested in this topic. I, I did learn this at, at university as well. And you know, there are also many uh, different events which are shaping your future. Um, not to tell, I, I was born in a time when Hungary transitioned from communism to capitalism with with all the successes and failures at the same time. Um, not to mention, I have family in Germany, um, you know, so I got an influence uh, from them. Also, I have a, um, a bay, my, by the age of my father, who is turning 86 is, is uh, like for many people in the same age like me, is their grandfather, right? Um, so definitely, I mean, he was alive during the Second World War. He took part of the revolution against the Soviets. So his life experience and, and all the values uh, he brought from there were definitely had an extremely huge impact uh, on me. So yeah, I'm very blessed and grateful for the family I have. And I know that it's, it's, it's not common sense around the world, unfortunately. Not everyone uh, has such a great family. But I would say that um, as much as it was a blessing, um, also certain things in Hungary were not one, which is people were very passive. We, we had this very ambiguous society. So yeah, we were very good at sports, but for instance, um, in, in many, in certain, uh, like, like we have this very interesting thing, like let's compare Hungary with Austria. Um, like we are around the same size. We used to be the same country before. Um, and, and in 2012, what happened that we won like eight gold medals in London, eight gold medals, six silver and three bronze. I'm 99% sure I'm right. And the Austrians, which have the same population like us, and they are their GDP per capita is around twice as much as Hungary's over back then. They won zero medals, zero. And, and even though head of the Olympic Committee of the Austrians were freaking out and said, we never ever send tourists against to Olympic Games. You come here to compete, right? So if you look at this, Hungary was like way ahead, like, like, like really, we won 17 medals, they won zero. But at the same time, if you compare the, the, the data of how long Hungarians live and how long Austrians live, it was a significant edge for them. And also, if you look at the data, how many of the Austrians between the age of 50 to 60 worked out and how many of Hungarians, they were like three times more. Um, you know, so, so we had this bit of an extreme environment that because we have such a great athletes, it didn't mean that, for instance, our population was healthy. They had like still many people smoking, still many people drinking. And because we were coming out of socialism, they had this very... Many people had this passive mindset, you know, oh, things are happening to me. I don't have influence. I, I never forget that when I was running. So I took extra workouts. Uh, there was a time when I was really on, 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 on kickboxing. And, and that was like when I was 14, that was 2001. And I remember that when I went for a walk outside of the, the gym, people were looking at like, what the hell is he doing? They didn't understand like what I was doing. They thought this guy is stupid. Like, what is in the winter? It was icy. It was cold. They did old people. Like, what? What the hell is he doing there? Like, you know. So that was 20 years ago. Unfortunately, it changed a lot. 
Um, so I would say that, yeah, I, I, I think I was at the right place at the right time, but that's not black and white either. Um, yeah. I would say that if someone doesn't have the right environment, you need to create it. That's, okay. that, that's, that's, we, we have all of these studies. I, I don't have to be uh, the wise guy to say, because there were many way more wiser people before me who had concluded that your peer group and your environment is, is probably the most important thing. I mean, unless yeah. you have some, you know, serious diseases or, or a terrible shock in your life, but your peer group is the most important. And that's why going back to Keith Ferraz, why he's amazing. And for instance, authentic networking or his book, Never Eat Alone is amazing because he's teaching you how to create it if you don't have it. And he had a very similar story, uh, you know, that he was growing up in a blue collar family. Um, and, and just that the father had the drive, but didn't have the money, uh, made him to end up in Yale and Harvard Business School. And basically he, he, he shared all the details about relationship action plans, about how to be generous, um, you know, show how to be assertive, how to be audacious, as he says, um, you know, to, to lead to success. So definitely I would say that, and, and Mindvalley is also a very, very good example and, and, uh, and, and the proof uh, you know, that, that the right environment is, is, is crucial. It's yeah. both your peer group and also your, your, your home where you live. And again, it doesn't mean you have to be in a high end place, but put things in order, you know, how you start your day. Um, if you are committed to what you do to stick with it. And, 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 and again, friends and, and collaborators, I, I really believe no one can do it alone. And I'm saying it as a, as, an, as a former athlete, I was in an individual sport. You know, we didn't have team competitions um, in full contact kickboxing. At the same time, I would be nowhere without my teammates, you know, because they pushed me, you know, they put uh, other standards. And, and that's something fascinating with Mindali as well. And I have a bit of a deja vu feeling, you know, even though if it's a very different environment, but in, in, in Mindali, like literally everyone is, is, is the most important is, is besides contribution is transformation. So, so I really like that I get to into an environment where I got challenged as well. Yeah. Like, you know, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm so good at personal development. And I look at someone like, oh, okay. <laughs> la, la, la. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's, it's important. And this is what I noticed um, when I came to Southeast Asia, both in Singapore and, and Malaysia, you know, when, for instance, sports is not that strong or very far from, from where it's it in Europe. And, and, and then you have to have your standards. And, and if you grew up in that environment, and it doesn't have to be about sports, it has to be professional life. Um, it has all, all aspects of life, including parenting. You have to make sure that you have, you have yourself high standards, but that's only the first step. Yeah. And the second step is that you have a peer group which are holding you accountable or if not holding you accountable, showing you examples how to reach that high standard. I, I yeah. really believe that this is probably the ultimate lesson of, of personal development. If you remove this, um, I would be very surprised to, uh, to see anyone succeeding uh, without these principles. Yeah, I think you made a very good point about if you don't have that environment, you have to create it. It's up to you to create that environment. And like you said, putting the right people around you because you know there's that famous uh, book, like the, 
look at you want to look at someone look at the five people closest to them and you get an idea of the kind of mindset they have and so on so surrounding yourself with yeah so surrounding yourself with the right kind of people is the first step into creating that environment for yourself and i remember listening to your the podcast you were on you told the story and i thought it was very interesting about i think it was a friend of yours he lived down the street he was very his iq was fantastic but he had negative you know behaviors and mindset of himself and you know the world is unfair and so on so i started thinking about the debate between iq versus mindset and behavior because you said the simplest model that we can take is cognition mindset and behavior and you can take that from sports so i was thinking if let's say let's say we're trying to balance weigh the two out if i have is mindset and behavior more important than having a high IQ? Will this get me further than that? I understand, of course, all three are the best case scenario. But if you had to, you know, compare the two in from your in your in your opinion, which is more important to develop the right mindset and behaviors or to, you know, be focused on getting a high IQ? You, you mean you mean that you predominantly have the high IQ? Yeah, and exactly. On the top, yeah. Right. Yeah. So so. Yeah. One thing, um, you know, when I, when we talk about personal development, uh, there are different um, directions where you can go. Yeah. Um, because of my academic background, um, I really like to stick with reality. Now, I would like to, and this is something what Mind Valley also, it's our manifesto, right? That hire for attitude and train for skills. Um, and I, I, I love this. So, okay. so, so you say that the most important is the attitude of the person or the mindset, right? Let's translate it because it's almost, I'm not exactly the same, but we can, we can uh, have, a, have a discussion and, and compare the two. Uh, so for instance, when I'm hiring to my team, I follow this idea, but I adjust a bit because I still believe that a certain amount of IQ is still necessary. Yeah. So I, I did see, and it did happen with Mindville, we have to be honest that we got extremely motivated guys with the right mindset, but their skill level was so low that unfortunately we had to part it ways. And, and my heart was broken because they just couldn't perform. And, and you know, the, the amount of coaching you had to uh, put in, it wouldn't be fair towards other teammates. So, so what I would say is to answer your question, and I'm, I'm giving a bit of a scientific uh, answer, and, and it's not really an opinion, but mostly on there that you need a certain amount of IQ. You don't have to be, uh, you know, in the top 5%. I would say average IQ level with a, with a very strong mindset will bring you to success. But mm. if, you, if your IQ is in the bottom 10% um, and even you have the best mindset, it's highly like you, you might reach somewhere uh, but, but probably you won't make it. I, I want to be brutally honest about that. And this is the same about sales and, and kickboxing is, 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 is two examples of, uh, uh, some, for some people, they both are harsh and, and, but you know, yes, I, I, for instance, I wasn't a particularly gifted athlete, even though my father was an athlete. Um, but I, I can't say I was quiet average when, when, I, when they did the scooting, when I was young. If you look, I was very skinny back then. Um, but of course, I can't say that I, I didn't have any talent. But I had to work way harder than many of my teammates. Mm. And that, back then, I found it unfair. 
Um, and, and I also have to tell you that it happened with me uh, two times when I had official fights against world champions. Um, and, and, you know, I had to reach the point that, you know, I, I can't beat these guys. You know, I can have the mind, I can visualize it as long as I want. I can get the best coaches I want. They just had an edge over me um, uh, with, 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 with talent. So again, I can be optimistic, but I have to be realistic. You know, yeah. and I still had to uh, build from the success and say, okay, at least I, I fought with world champions. I was in full contact rules against them. I survived. Uh, I wasn't that bad. You know, of course, if you come, so, so, so it's, it's all about learning and all kinds of skills. And this is a philosophy I'm, I'm using for hiring. Mindset is extremely important, but it's not enough. It's an equation. Mm. Yeah. So, so you need to have the cognition, you need to have the IQ, you need to have the muscle, or at least a baseline where you can grow. Um, yeah. I think it's very, you know, we had people, we had this, all of these amazing stories, you know, that this, there was one of this guy, and I highly, highly respect him, who had Down syndrome, and, you know, he started MMA, and they did an exhibition fight, you know, with another guy, and, and 10 million people watched it. And it's so heart touching and I have such a high respect for him, you know, that, that with coming with such a disease and he made it, but then people immediately misinterpreted it. And, you know, they put like, he's a fighter, like a champion. Yeah. He has the champion mindset, but obviously it would be extremely irresponsible to put him in a cage with a pro. Yeah. That, that would be game over. It was an exhibition yeah. fight, you know, but, yeah. and again, he, he deserves, he deserves the trophy. Because where he started and where he ended up is stunning. I would pay even more respect to him than, any, than many of the champions I know. At the same time, we shouldn't be uh, delusional. And mm -hmm. it's a strong word I know because I'm coming from this, these two environments, sales and sports, where, where achievement matters. And, 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 yeah. and, and mostly kickboxing is a dangerous sport. So, so I did experience this. You know, many guys want to be salespeople. They find it cool. Also, the great thing about sales is that once you learn it, you have great relationship with the people, you travel the world. But sales is like sports. It's the top 10% makes 90% of the money. Um, and, and then you have to be on top of your game all the time. And many people got, you know, like they were amazed by this. And they were, for, it's time for me to make it. And, and I had the mindset, I, I have the, the drive. And it's true, but still, you need to be able to communicate. You need yeah. to be professional. And also we know that sales is shifting. I'm very happy with this. And intelligence is getting more and more important, in, in, both emotional and cognitive intelligence. So, so I, I, I believe, and I, I'm even happy to give away my sales secrets from, from Mindvalley or, or, or working in personal development. The single one factor which helped me the most was that I knew personal development. So whenever uh, uh, I, I set high standards for myself, just as I did as a fighter, I knew I want to do 100 push-ups without stopping. I know I, I want to run three, three kilometers below 12 minutes. I know I want to do 50 kicks in, in two minutes with full power. So I had the standards. And I had the same for, for my personal development goals. And whenever I had the sales call, it's 90, 95% of the time, the other person who I've been talking, they knew it. They mm. knew that whatever questions they asked, they knew that there is no manipulation. I was grounded into it and, yeah. and I could give them advice and I could basically, I would even use the word coach them. 
mm. uh, during the sales call. So, so I'm very glad to be honest that sales is shifting. Still too many people, um, you know, they have this idea about mostly American sales people or used car sales people, you know, um, who, who are like only about manipulating and, mm. and, and they rather do information manipulation, which is anyway disappearing because this is the 21st century. This is all about inbound. This is, this, yeah. this is changing. And, and also in my role, I, I, I will stay as a salesperson, I think, in my work career. I, I had to sell this to Vision, the mm. mind very premium coaching. Uh, I had to hardcore selling it to him. It, it took me a few runs. I had to sell it to the exec team. So, but, but you have to have skin in the game. Um, and this is true about everything else. So, so that's why I like the cognition mindset behavior model so much mm. because it helps you to set realistic goals. And, and also, again, I, I'm realistic and that makes me optimistic that I know that I have my limitations and, and probably I, I wouldn't be at this level and, and, and sales and sports were two, two areas where I, where I could do something outstanding and I can prove it by numbers, but definitely other areas like me as a designer, me as a dancer, me as a singer would be terrible. Man, you don't want, you wouldn't want to see me, hear me, nothing. And I can have the right mindset. I can visualize it. I, I want it. But, but what, what everyone has to understand is that there are so many options in life. And, and let me say you want something. And they always say, oh, the, the burning desire is there. But the most valuable asset you have is your time. So, so there are exceptions. And, you know, I always say that the media is fooled by them. They always like to show the exceptions, right? Because, again, it might happen that someone doesn't have skill or doesn't have talent, and one out of 100 still makes it. But by the way, many times luck, luck has a huge part of it, or get an extraordinary coach, or, mm. or something like that. But, but we shouldn't be fooled by the small numbers. Um, and it can be tough. It had been tough for me when I faced with these world champions, and I was dreaming about, I wanted so badly to beat world champions. Now it didn't work out. Um, but I had to, you know, I had to make my move. I, I'm still proud of what I achieved. Um, and I had to set my own standards. And, and instead of being a perfectionist, I, I rather stick with the way of being optimizing all the time. Yeah. Sports, life, all the 12 categories focusing on optimizing because I, I, you never will be perfect. You, 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 you can't be the, the champion all the time. Um, and there are also many other parts of life, but you just have to make sure that what you're doing at the time, you give 100%, you are grounded, you have the cognition, you had the mindset, you have the behavior, and then it will work out. Sometimes you won't, but you still have this calmness and um, you still have this, uh, this, this power inside you that, that, that it's, most of the times it's just going to work out. Yeah. I think you made a very good point, first of all, about that mindset is great and it is a very important factor to have, but there has to be some innate level of skill to a certain degree. There has to be a foundation and then the mindset can will carry you forward. But if you don't have that, and I think it's a very important point because a lot of people just talk about how the right mindset, how the right mindset, but you also need to factor in that you need the skills to, to excel that mindset. So that mindset you know, can push you further and so on. So I think number one, that's a very good point. Second, you talked about how what I like is that you're that you said I'm realistic. 
you know, you had the dreams of being the world champions and you trained and whatever, but sometimes it's just not going to work out. But that, but that's okay. And also you talked about how, you know, in social media and the way things are portrayed, everyone likes to show the exceptions to, to the majority, you know, not like I said, not everyone's going to achieve that dream they want. Not everyone's going to achieve that. But if you have the right foundation in place, even if that doesn't work out, whatever comes comes after that or whatever comes even later in life, you're doing the right things to, to achieve one of the things that you'd like to achieve. It's not so binary. You know, you have so many options. And um, in terms of success, like you said, everyone thinks it's, you know, achieving, uh, getting that goal, uh, getting that money, getting that bronze, that medal, whatever it might be. And everyone has a different definition of success. And I know for you, it was about meaningful work and meaningful relationships, which I think is super important. And especially given the way the world has changed, that is what is that's what will you know add to your success, no matter what area or arena you're trying to get into. But the question I have for you, and I want to be conscious of our time as well, David. So I just got this and two more questions for you. Um, why is why do a lot, everyone has a different definition of success? But why is a lot of the times, for majority of people, do we see success as a material thing or like a monetary thing and not like your own personal growth and development like to see like oh, a year ago I was that person and here I am now as this new person and that could be for example success for me I think just going back to science and psychology it's it's mostly true about that you know our brain likes simple things we don't like complications and the challenge and this is some one of the biggest missions we working at Mind Valley, and I also have a key role in this to make personal development more measurable. So, so I mean, money, money is is something you know the the feedback loop is extremely fast, and also the marketing around wealth generation is extremely strong, and it has always been. If you look at back to evolution, it was key to survival, and and let's okay, most likely ninety percent of the world won't starve to death. Um, you know, if, if your things are not working out, but still it has such an important role, not to talk about the ego, the culture, um, the self, you know, every, every so, so, so I, I, I mean, that's obviously uh, makes it so tempting. And also if you see how uh, our life is all over about in each aspect of it. And, and, and I can tell you that for me, money is the, like the fourth most important thing in the world. It's not the first, it's not the second, it's not the third, but it's one of, man, it's one of the most important things in the world. I, I don't want to fool myself, just like I don't like to fool myself with mindset and saying money is not important. I'm like, hell, it is important. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me it's not important. That's, that's fooling yourself. It's not the most important. But again, that's, that's, that's where mindset, consciousness, and groundedness comes in that you can hold this together. It's not, it's important, but it's not the most important. And listen, I have to take my own habits. I've been checking my, one of my new year resolutions that I'm not tracking my finances every single day. It's, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's so addictive, mostly when it goes up, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, it's so addictive. You have this rush and, and, you know, also there is something what uh, Chris Darcy, a very famous uh, productivity guru said, I, I, I can't quote this enough and, and it's so powerful. He said, the problem is that we started to love what we measure and we don't measure what we love. Ooh. <laughs> 
so strong. Wish I would come up with this, but unfortunately yeah. <laughs> I can't claim it. Just like for, for when I said the meaningful work, meaningful relationships that goes to Ray Dalio, um, amazing man. And I just read his article, he lost his son a few weeks ago. He's one of the richest men on, on earth and, and how he went through this tragedy. And, and that's something you can't plan, but having such a firm groundedness and the mindset he has, how he went through and how he reflected on it is like has a $30 billion, most successful hedge fund manager ever. And he had yeah. to go through something like this and how openly he could reflect about was something extraordinary. But again, um, you know, we, 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 it happens with to-do lists and um, I like to bring consciousness, not just ticking off boxes, but also seeing, is it actually aligns with my vision? Or I, or I do it just because of, of, of the ego. It's the same you invited for your podcast, right? I find it it's a very good opportunity to talk about this stuff. And there's another approach. If I only think about, oh, how many friends are going to listen? You know, my friends are going to see I was in a podcast, how cool I am. And I can talk what we have been done with Mindvalley. Um, it's, it's also what meaning you give to it. Yeah. Uh, and, and listen, I'm a human being as well. I, I'm... I'm stepping into this trap every single day as well. So I would say that the, the reason is, 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 is free for it. Why we like money, fame, Instagram post, et cetera, et cetera, it's, it's mostly because of the ego. So your, your ego attached to it. It's also about the culture and the environment, right? Um, what you run and not to talk about your genes and your genetic uh, wiring, right? Mm. Um, which says, I want more, 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 always more, 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 more. And basically, I think that's mindfulness about yeah. meditation and mindfulness is about that. Many people think that, oh, you connect with the divine. And I don't want to sound unrespectful. And probably many people are reaching that point. But for instance, what I loved about Vipassana is actually working on these triggers and calming them down. You cannot eliminate, or, or you can if you devote your life only to meditation, probably you can do it after decades, but it's, it's just turning down the volume. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah, still yeah. having the triggers. It's still there, but it's, it's not leading and controlling my life, or it doesn't do it most of the time. So I think that probably these are the biggest barriers in this. These are in our own minds. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, I'm still stepping into this very often, but I'm conscious about it and doing my best uh, to, 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 to be more mindful. Yeah. And I think you made a very good point uh, the two main points you talked about, which is the ego and the culture, because I think that plays a huge factor in our perception of what success looks like. You know, you, you want that, those, like you said, that fame, whatever you want, those likes that valid, that external validation that, oh, I'm, you know, I'm successful now. And also I think culture plays a big role because different cultures and different societies in the world view success in different ways. Some are very materialistic. Some see it as just having, I don't know, a good family and a simple life. It's completely different all over the place. So I think those two are very good points. Um, for my last two questions, David, uh, first of all, this is a question I recently started asking. When you look back at your career, either professionally or personally, what are you most proud of? The, the people I've been surrounded with. The people you've been surrounded with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And for my last question, this is the question I ask all my guests, is what is the message you'd like people to take home with them today? Whew. 
like mostly after uh, an hour like this, um, just to summarize or 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 or, or take up is, is 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 like you know dream big, take take bold actions, and and always count in reality as well, which is tough. It's very difficult yeah. to measure. You know, I don't want to put too much weight on people. But 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 really that's how I would. It's it's because there is no such you can't say, oh, you shouldn't dream or you should do that. You but but you have to know that we live in a random life. And again, the last year had proven it. But there's no reason to give up. And and I I honestly can say that I had periods when when my dreams got broken. I had injuries, um, I had difficult situations, I had very bad luck um, in, in certain situations. Um, but also, if I go back, this happened because I've been trying. Um, I was showing up. I was there. And it's obvious that it's going to happen. Just like I had bad failures in my sports career. I had the humiliating um, times, not just when I lost or I knocked out, I knocked down or, you know, I disappointed my coach or my, my family. Fortunately, my family were always nice. You know, they respected for me. So I, I couldn't disappoint them, but I still felt that I disappointed myself. Um, so so I, I would say that definitely it's it's be out there, do your best. Um, you have the right cognition, the right mindset, which leads to your right behavior. And don't fall in love. Don't get too attached. And 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 don't start to uh, you know, just just falling in love in 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 collecting likes, followers. Look look at more, what impact do you make? Who, yeah. whose life do you contribute to? And again, these are all true about me. So I don't want to be lecturing here. That, oh, yeah, I know you do this. You know, yeah, it happens <laughs> the same with me every yeah. single day. Yeah. But these tools, mindfulness. And, and again, I, I can't praise enough Vipassana um, because, because that's such a beautiful process. Everyone should check it around. It's a donation base. So, so there is no reason to not do vipassana unless you know you have a sick family member or or you really can't get away for ten days. But it's a donation-based program, um, and of course, uh, you you won't be surprised that I always say that guys go check out Mind Valley. Don't want to do too much. We have we have everything from our free podcast episodes um, to to our to our membership program. We have, as I told, live book which which you can do for free which obviously means you for a few weeks you have to uh, uh, to give your $500, but we give it back to you if you finish. Yeah. So, so there are so many opportunities out there. And I, I mean, I was lucky with the library where my mother worked. So to be exact, she was a bookbinder and my aunt was a librarian. So I was very blessed to have those books. But, but back then it was different because we only had like 10% of personal development um, uh, translated. You know, but now most of the people can speak English. And again, yeah. MindBelly has so much valuable free content up there. And yeah. also all the podcast episodes and, and, and your conversations, you know, with all of these people. So there is no reason to not do personal development, to not grow yourself. Um, it's, it's, it's just, I think it's just inevitable and one of the most rewarding things. And by, as you grow yourself, you also grow the people around you. And I yeah. think that's one of the most beautiful thing you can do. hundred percent, man. I really love that message and I resonate with it so much. And I think it's what I loved about it is, you know, focus on personal development, grow yourself. You don't because that's going to not only grow the people around you, but I think a very crucial thing is to 
like have the dream but also be you know realistic don't fall in love with that dream so if that doesn't happen it's the end of the world because you can have a million dreams and okay that one didn't work out okay let's go work out other like the 99 or whatever it might be so i love that message and i think a lot of people could relate to that david i wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show man i've absolutely loved this conversation i could talk about personal development for days honestly and i really learned a lot from you and got a new perspective and i think a lot of people can benefit from this conversation so thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it sure Khaled. i really enjoyed to be here with you awesome guys to everyone listening thank you so much and as always hope it helps peace <laughs>